Hello and welcome to an at-home edition of the Cricket Scotland podcast. I hope you and yours are keeping safe and well wherever you may be. Along with everything else, cricket is on hold, of course. A bit ironic, as here in Scotland our lockdowns coincided not only with the start of our season, but with the sunniest April on record as well. But hopefully we'll get to watch and play a little bit of cricket at least before the season's out. Until then, we've got a chance to look back on past glories at least, as well as a bit of history. Scotland's men were due to be playing the next round of Cricket World Cup League 2 in the USA at the start of April, which got me thinking about Scottish cricket's other connections with the Americas. A little earlier, I was joined by a very special guest, Craig White, Secretary of the Mexico Cricket Association, to explore a little bit more of Scotland's connections with the game elsewhere. Hello, Jay. Good morning. And well, thanks for calling me a special guest. I, know, I never had that before. <laughs> um, well, it, it's, it's great that after you know, two years of you know, tweeting about Father Ted, very occasionally cricket, it's a real pleasure to finally be able to talk to you and be on Scotland's second best cricket podcast. <laughs> High praise indeed. Thank you. So uh, you're in Mexico City just now. Um, fairly early in the morning, is it with you or...? Just going on nine thirty in the morning here. So oh. six six hours behind. Yeah. So so how have things been with you over the last few weeks? Well, we're we're okay here. Uh, we've all been in lockdown since the, the middle of March, um, and we are just uh, entering the the peak of the the pandemic here. Um, on the cricket side, we again we we suspended um, you know, the cricket in the middle of March. And since then, you know, we've just been doing a lot, a lot of back office stuff, a lot of you know maintenance on the pitch, and trying to do social media content, and just try, generally trying to you know keep things ticking along. Yeah, it's a difficult time, isn't it? Difficult time for everyone. It is. It's um, it's a difficult time for everybody uh, around the world. In our case, uh, so we suspended in mid March. Um, it's a bit tricky for us is that now we are going into our rainy season so if we have any more cricket at all this year it'll probably be the end of you know the end of october when it starts raining a bit like kind of hand-to-mouth existence at the moment isn't it just seeing if we can get something on the field at least before uh, before the year's out yeah exactly i totally agree with you there fingers crossed for sure now, in addition to your work running cricket in Mexico, you are also writing a book on the history of Mexican cricket, which has uncovered some really fascinating connections to cricket in Scotland as well. Can you tell me a little bit about the project and uh, and what you found? Yeah, with pleasure. So what I'm doing this, this book is a very it's a very very long term project. Um, it's going to be a book on the first 100 years of Mexican cricket from the 1820s to the 1920s. And I'm focusing on the period of the late 1800s, the early 1900s, when you can say that cricket was at its most popular in Mexico. You know, we had a, we had a cricket championship, and we had, you know, the Mexican, the Mexican aristocracy they took to the game. Um, you know, the, Mexican, the Mexican government looked very favourably on cricket and we had proposed tours to the US and Canada we had you know, three test matches between our leading clubs um, but the issue was that there was no attempt to popularise and spread the game it was kept very you know, it was kept, kept as something very exclusive so you know, eventually the cricket was overtaken in the popularity stakes by football and baseball. 
And it's all very sad, really, because cricket was the first of the European and North American sports to arrive in Mexico. Uh, our first recorded cricket club goes back to 1827 at least. So that's uh, you know, 60, 70 years before the arrival of football and baseball. Um, and I often think what what you know what might have been, but re- regarding the um, you know the Scottish connection on uh, Mexican cricket, um, it's very much like what you say in your book. We have to remember that cricket it's not just an English game; it's very much a British game. And in my research, you know there, there are lots of examples of Scotsmen um, playing a leading role in the development of cricket. And I'll just give you a couple here. Um, one of them is David McKellar um, from Argyllshire. He was the, the president of the Santa Rosa Athletic Club. And that, that was a cricket team in North Mexico. He was the president in the 1890s. And that was one of the most important clubs in the country at the time. Then we have another chap called Duncan McComish. Um, he was like a top banana in the textile world in Mexico. And he founded the Orizaba Athletic Club in 1898. And the cricket arm of the club entered the, the cricket championship in 1901. And then we have um, James Walker, a very strong Scottish name, that. He was the president of the, the British club. And the British club was like a, you know, a centre uh, for the British residents of Mexico City. And they had a cricket team. But we should also remember as well, you know, Scotland have had... Scotland, Scotsman, they've had a massive influence not just on cricket but also golf and football. You know, golf came over with the Scottish, uh, and lots of the first footballers in Mexico were Scottish. And uh, one of the earliest football games we have recorded was on the 18th of February, 1894, between Mexico City and Puebla. And that match took place after a cricket game. And one of the players was a chap from Edinburgh called Patrick Smeaton. Uh, he played, well, now he's a resident of Mexico, but uh, before he came to Mexico, he played cricket for the gentlemen of Scotland against England. He played rugby for Edinburgh Academical Football Club, and he played international rugby um, three times for Scotland. And also a lot of the first... Um, Football matches were international matches between England and Scotland between 1901 and 1909. Obviously, Scotland lost those matches, but it gives you an idea of you know the the, the Scottish influence and impact on you know Mexican sport. It's fascinating because it's like when I was researching my my own book, finding the the links between football and rugby and cricket in Scotland were very strong. I mean, cricket. Um, had a had a huge influence on the the the, the emergence of, of football in Scotland as well. It's it's really fascinating to see that um, sort of replicated uh, in Mexico as well. What really struck me in reading the the chapters of of the book that I've read so far uh, that you've been uh, really good to send me was just how entangled cricket was with the wider history of the country, how cricket w- was going on whilst these big events were happening in the history of the country as well. What other, other stories have you, have you unearthed about the early days of cricket in Mexico? Well one, of the, well, one of the most famous photographs that we have 
in Mexican cricket is um, a photo of the Emperor of Mexico, Maximilian von Habsburg. He was the brother of the Austrian Emperor. Uh, we have a photo of him playing cricket in 1895. It's, it's, it's a wonderful story. As you know, the Mexican Revolution went on, um, the French invasion of Mexico, the British were just in a you know in a little world of their own playing cricket. Uh, <laughs> they didn't let anything that like stop the cricket. Put me to mind was that scene in Carry On Up the Khyber, you know, where they're all um, all sitting around having dinner whilst the uh, compound's being shelled by the uh, by the natives outside. Yeah, it's it is. It could be. It could very well be a scene from a Carry On film. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter what was going on, battling in the streets, troops advancing on Mexico City. You know, the British just kept playing cricket. Now. Listeners may have noticed a slight twang in your accent there, Craig. So what's your own uh, personal story? How did you come to get involved in, in cricket in Mexico? Well, I've been in Mexico for I'll be going on nine years now. Um, I originally arrived to work at the British Embassy in the August of 2011 as an intern in their climate change department. You know, because back in, um, you know, back in the UK... I was just stuck with my life and going nowhere really, so I, you know, decided to take a chance and come to Mexico and sort of start again. I worked in the embassy for a year, and then sort of just stayed on in Mexico, and I've continued to work in climate change. And really, it's just incredible how how fast the time goes. I always feel like I just arrived in the, in the country. But on the, on the actual cricket side of things, I've been the, the secretary. Of Mexico cricket since uh, July 2017, when our president uh, Ben Owen, who is a really lovely, lovely guy, and I'd do anything for him, he he kindly he kindly invited me to be involved, and, and I've been secretary ever since. And my duties are, you know, the administration, the back office, um, you know, answering emails. You know, I manage the legal and fiscal side of things. I support the accounting and finances. You know, I do my best to try and coordinate all the work we have going on. Um, I keep the record of the, you know, all the games that we have. I, you know, I, I'm ICC liaison. I do a bit of the amateurish uh, social media, a bit of everything really to keep things ticking along. And uh, you were an international player yourself as well. Yes, unfortunately, unfortunately, yes. Um, it was it was the 2017 South American Championships in Buenos Aires. Um, I was originally just supposed to be the tour manager, but what happened was we had three or four visa visa refusals, and if I hadn't have played, we wouldn't have actually had a team. Uh, well, like most cricketers, I'm not very good, but um, you know my country called, and I wasn't going to be found wanting. <laughs> Uh, I played all the games. <laughs> I made a best of zero not out against Uruguay. Well, I didn't face any balls, but zero not out is zero not out. And against Argentina, you know, I swooped in like a hawk to take the catch from mid-wicket that I got rid of uh, Lauturo Luciani, the Argentine captain. But uh, I think, thankfully for everyone, I retired sort of soon after. But you can say, in a way, I'm an international cricketer. I'm an international cricketer, a bit like Virat Kohli, really. Absolutely right. Absolutely, and retired on a high, a red inker and a, and a catch. Well, that's well, that's it. Go out, go out on the, you know, go out when the going's good. You know, <laughs> no, I just I'm not. 
the thing is, Jake, I've never really been good at sports. Uh, I'm not very good at cricket. I just love the game. I'm just I love the game, and I just, I just love watching it. I love doing the admin and all the stuff behind the scenes to make it, you know, to make it happen. So here we are today, Secretary of Cricket Mexico, multiple inquiries from all-rounders desperate to play for Mexico on Twitter. Um, how would you summarise where the game is in Mexico today? Well, we, we are we are developing fast. We are growing fast. Uh, we are an associate of the ICC. And we have sort of three arms to the cricket. We have the men, we have the women and the kids. On the men's side, we have a four-team men's league in Mexico City at Club Reforma, which is like our lords. It's the home of Mexican cricket. It's been the home of Mexican cricket since 1894. And at Club Reforma, we have you know a four-team league between Reforma, Aguilas, Mexico City Cricket Club, and uh, the, wonderfully, the wonderfully named Aztecs. And then we have uh, two teams in Mexico's second city of Guadalajara. We also have a team in Monterrey and a team in Querétaro. And then on top of this, we have like regular bilateral series uh, between the cities. And then we have another layer on top of this, which is our national championship, which is played over a weekend once a year between Mexico City, Guadalajara, Monterey and Querétaro. Uh, we've had two editions of the tournament so far, and Guadalajara have won both. And then for all the men's players that we have, um, if they are eligible to play for Mexico under the ICC regulations, we picked the men's national team that plays in the South American and the Central American Championships. And currently, the men are 62nd in the world. And then we have... Um, we have the women's cricket, which we started in uh, 2017. And after a lot of blood, sweat and tears, we sent uh, our first, it was a, our first women's national team to the, the 2018 South American Championships in Bogota, where they beat Peru. And for me, so far in my time in uh, Mexico cricket, seeing our women's team play in Bogota for the first time, it's been my favourite moment. Um, it, it, it definitely highlight for me. After the, the South American Championships in Bogota, the our women's team they won the the first women's Central American Championships in um, Mexico City last April, when they beat Costa Rica three 0 and then they went off to Lima for the uh, for the South American Championships, where they beat Peru again, and um, the team is small. It's currently made up of uh, women from Mexico City, but we are starting to incorporate uh, players from Guadalajara. And the women's team is currently 49th in the, the world rankings of the ICC. And on the, the kids' side, we have uh, under 13 and under 15 uh, teams, and they are made up of um, junior cricketers from Mexico City, Guadalajara, and Tequisquiapan. And they compete in the junior South American Championships. Um, the kids, the kids train on weekends, but but now we're starting to play them in the male teams, so they get that little bit of experience. So, what would the the next step be? What's the um, the the plans for the future? The ambitions. We are we are in the middle of the process to become a federation. Uh, what this means is that when we achieve it. And fingers crossed, it will be this year. 
we will finally become recognized as an official sport in Mexico. And as a result, we will get some government funding. We will be part of the Olympic Committee. And we will get the, the proper access and proper support to get into more schools and more places to play cricket. It's taking a well, It's taking a long time to do it because because there's like a lot of paperwork involved. But it's going to be worth it because in the end, we'll have the infrastructure to grow the game. To give you to give you an example, um, you know, ten years ago, the Mexico Rugby Association started the process to become a federation. They had at the time, I think, a couple of hundred players, and they had cricket in a couple of states. After becoming a federation, uh, 10 years later, they have thousands of players and they have cricket in all 32 of Mexico, of Mexico states. From a, a slightly different perspective here in Scotland, we're very aware of the, the challenges faced by associate nations. But what uh, what are the particular challenges that, that you face? Well, I'd say we have three challenges. First is limited funding, coaching and equipment. So on the first one, uh, you know, as we have very limited funding, uh, we can't afford to employ staff. So we are all you know, volunteers doing you know, what we can, when we can, on top of full-time jobs. Uh, the people that we have in Mexican cricket, you know, they are you know, brilliant, they are very dedicated, and you know, they, do, they do go above and beyond to, to develop cricket because they love the sport and want to see it grow. But, you know, relying on volunteers does present challenges, you know, for example, if we have like an opening in a school you know, to teach classes or we have a, a potential meeting with a stakeholder, you know, that implies taking time off work and that's not always possible. So you could say, you know, we can potentially lose opportunities um, on this front because, well, as you know, you know, making a living comes first. Or, for example, it might take us a while to, you know, respond to emails, process process information, you know, because everybody's working and then you have to do this when you get home and you're too tired and things like that. And then the second challenge we have, because of the limited funding that we have, we can't afford a qualified coach. So at the weekends, you know, we rely on well-meaning volunteers who very generously give up their time you know, to coach the men, the women, the kids, but they aren't certified coaches and, you know, maybe they can't teach those skills and techniques that are needed to take the teams to the next level. And then during the week, you know, we need a coach to be able to go into schools day in, day out to teach cricket to kids and dedicate their time to it. You know, again, volunteers with full-time jobs, you, know, you can't expect them to take time off work to do these things. So we are always looking for you know, solutions to overcome this challenge. The third, the third challenge I would say we have is the equipment. Now we are always short of equipment, and we've never quite been able to get access to you know a reliable, relatively cheap source source of equipment on mass. Um, you know, at present, we rely on our players coming back from the UK and India to bring us equipment, and we reimburse them here. But it's always like bits and pieces, like the odd bat here, the odd ball here, but nothing on like a large scale. And then on top of this, you have you know the custom charges. You know we've had plastic equipment sent to us and also uniforms, but they've been held up in customs 
and to get them released we have to pay you know quite a large you know customs charge but i think the challenges that we have are very common in the associate world of cricket yeah and finally just back on the field once again um what's the the next big challenge in terms of of tournament play for mexico what's coming up on the horizon all being well of course all being all being well we have we were supposed to have the the central american championships in april and may in belize all being well they will go ahead but at the end of the year on the south american championships the men won't be competing this year but the women will hopefully they will compete um, in october well the work that you have done and continue to do is absolutely inspirational the energy that you go about promoting mexican cricket your man in Mexico is the, is your Twitter handle. If you're if you're not following Craig, do because uh, there's some some wonderful things as well as of course multiple Father Ted and Virat Kohli references to be seen. Thanks very much, Jake. You know it it takes it takes time, but we're going in the right direction and we'll get there in the end. Well, looking very much forward to uh, to meeting up at the Grange. Hopefully, uh, hopefully next summer, um, maybe one day at a Scotland Mexico international as well. What a wonderful thought. That would be fantastic. Yeah, especially if it's an away game. Well, Craig, thanks so much. It has been absolutely brilliant to chat with you. And uh, of course, good luck with the book. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, Jake. And also good luck with the book. Well, thank you. The brilliant Craig White there. My thanks again to him. And to you too, of course. Be sure to keep up to date with the Cricket Scotland website and social media for plenty of content to keep you entertained over the next wee while. And we'll be back with the podcast soon enough too. So until the next time, stay safe and thanks again for listening.